What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Average Sports Guy Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Christian Crittenden. Got a pretty good show for you guys today. We'll talk about the Super Bowl this upcoming Sunday, Super Bowl 55, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Bucks. We'll get into some prop bets from that. Um, and more NFL news, Matthew Stafford's finally gone from Detroit. We'll look into that trade, everything around and what the future looks like for the Lions. We'll have some basketball. NBA, the Nets have... Uh, Another big three, they formed another big three after we thought they died out, but it looks like they're back. How successful can they be? And some other storylines from the league. So joining me right now to do that, we have Brandon Crittenden and Dunn joining us. What's up, guys? Hey, what's going on? Pretty much in a teaser, we join us later. So if you hear them pop in, don't be surprised. How's everybody week going? Super Bowl week coming up. Um, just how's everyone feeling? Um, uh, we'd like no other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm excited for the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I know there was a lot. Of, I mean, it is different. You know, there's always, always, always a lot of pageantry, right? Media day, all the parties, events, and everything going on, and that's kind of silent this week. You know, players are staying at. They can't. Was in Tampa, so Tampa's the first team to play the Super Bowl at home home stadium so they're I mean they're they have the number 18 I know traveling nothing for them Kansas City is not traveling either they are um they're staying in they're staying in Kansas City for the week and then they'll fly to, to uh Tampa later in the week so regular routines for the for those uh, two squads I guess we, we kind of expected Kansas City to be here right then I mean all along we figured we knew they were the best team in the league even when they had their struggles they they've ended up in the Super Bowl but the one Question mark was the Bucks. You know, Tom Brady. We knew he had a Super Bowl pedigree, and he brought that over to the Bucks now. And they are in the Super Bowl, the first team, as I mentioned earlier, to play in the uh, Super Bowl at home. So, done. Is it a shock to you that, that the Bucks are in the Super Bowl? And I guess what are you kind of expecting to see from them in the game Sunday? Um, actually, I'm not shocked. I kind of picked them at the beginning of the season. The only questions I had with them is if they could get the chemistry together. Um I just I just I just go with the notion that you really can never bet against Tom Brady. Um especially when you get to the postseason. I I just I knew if they got to the postseason, which it almost seemed inevitable that they would, that he would find a way to get them there. And to his team's credit, they kind of bailed him out in some respects and, and especially in that championship game and even in the game uh the, the game before that because um, he, he had his struggles in the postseason. But, you know, once again, it's, it's TB12 and, you know, it's like the Super Bowl is his stage and, and he's going to find a way to get there. You're right. Uh, and be looking at the Kansas City side. We obviously expected him to um, get here. But was there ever any doubt for you, I guess, at, at some point in the season that they may not get back here? Um, I guess not. I mean, it was a few scares, you know, not really. They they pretty much control control the league from start to finish. Um, I, you know, I think the last game when Pat Mahomes was, uh, when he when went out with the concussion, I think that gave us a little scare because we knew Chad Henney really couldn't lead them to a Super Bowl. Um, and actually, in that game against, uh, in that game against Buffalo, that's what they play, right? Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when they played Buffalo, uh, going into the game, Buffalo was so hot that I didn't exactly know if they could have squeezed that one out. But I figure with Kansas City being at home and, you know, all the weapons and all those things that that, that they might be a little too much for, for the Bills. But at the same time, um, I'm not surprised. But um, I did thought the, the game against the Bills may have been the one game that I thought may could have challenged them, and they obviously succeeded. Yeah, that's what happened when uh, I guess you got Pat Mahomes right, and uh, it's just like they they have all the right pieces, right? You know, they have Mahomes, they have Kelsey, they have Hill, but their running game hasn't been great all year. They still find a way. You know, Darrell Williams comes out of nowhere and just start balling against the the, the Bills. He hasn't really performed at a high level all season. The defense isn't great, but they have just enough to get it done every week, right? They have Snead, the fourth round pick, who's played at at close to an offer level this year. You got Tyron Matthew in the secondary, Chris Jones on the on the D line, you know, wreaking havoc. So they got just enough and they got all the right pieces. Now it's gonna be interesting to see week to week. It'll be interesting to see this week though how Kansas City matches up with the D line. Of the Bucks, where they're missing their left tackle Eric Fisher, the center uh, Dan Kilgore is is in a protocol right now. But if he tests negative the rest of the week, he get to play. But um, I think done for me right now. That's that's the matchup I'm looking at. Is that Kansas City O line against that Bucks D line? Where are you looking at? Uh, what's guess the matchup that'll decide this one? Yeah, I think I think that is going to be the <clears throat> the tail of the tape right there. Um, if uh, that old line can hold up and protect Mahomes and give him time. And even if they can't give him time, if they're still in the proper position to allow him to get outside the pocket and make those throws with him and Kelsey and uh, them making uh, just altering routes and whatnot, I think they're going to be tough to handle, especially if the linebackers can't keep containment, and then also help cover in the mid of, middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, that's one match I'm looking forward to is that uh, Kelsey against is the Devin White or Levante David. Who they throw at him? Are they going to throw a safety Antoine Wilford Jr. at him? I mean, those are, I mean that's really going to, like you said, that's really going to determine it. Um, and then what two, I guess what I'm looking at as well is what adjustments Ty Bowles makes. Tyreek Hill had 209 yards in the first quarter in the matchup earlier this season. So how does Ty Bowles kind of what what I guess what did he draw up now against Kansas City in that explosive offense? Um I'm just really looking forward to the game. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on it before we move on. Oh yeah. I mean I'm excited. Obviously that uh, I mean obviously the you know we, we could Everybody's ready to see Brady, you know, get out there for a tenth Super Bowl with his chance of winning. You know, like it's it's one thing to go out there like a lame duck, but it's, he's always in the game. Like, and it, it, no matter how many years it's been or how old he gets, you know, he he's there, and you say don't bet against him. And uh, that's uh that's something extraordinary, to be honest. I want to see what Rob Gronkowski does and what uh. Antonio Brown, I don't know if he's playing. I know his knee was bothering him. He's banged up, so he might not play. He's questionable. But, I mean, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing this game because we – I mean, I feel Kansas City is the favorites, but at the same time, everybody says don't bet against Brady, so it's always linearing in your mind, you know. But 
all conventional knowledge tells you to go with the young hot hot quarterback, but you know sometimes, hey, what what do they say? Sometimes the guys got to ride off into the sunset. So mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> he might ride off to the sunset in the Bentley or you know like some crazy winning this Super Bowl, you know. So it's, it's, I'm interested for sure. Yeah, it's like you never bet against Brady, right? Because he always like it's like you bet against him and he just like here you hit and shoot just bet against him. So we take it personal. And he just finds a way to win. Like I didn't think they would they would beat Green Bay. I hadn't been really impressed with them in the first two matchups. And what they do? Find a way to beat Green Bay. I mean, you know, he just always, no matter what, he's resilient. He always finds a way. Now that I want to ask you real quick. Do you think that if the Chiefs win, that Brady would be passing the torch to Mahomes or or has it already been passed? Um, I honestly think it's already been passed. And and the reason why I say that is because even if Mahomes loses this matchup, he still has the rest of his career. Because, I mean, Tom Brady has lost Super Bowls as well. So that wouldn't be necessarily a knock against him. What I'm looking at more so in regards to the quarterback matchup, Brady versus Mahomes, I'm, I'm looking to see Mahomes in particular – his composure. I want to see if he's going to press. Just because you know it's been put in his ear like, you know, this could cement his legacy and this could be the determination of whether or not the torch is passed to him. You know, you have people in pundits saying that. I'm just hoping that he's been able to block out the noise and just play. Because if he, if, I think if he's able to do that, I think that he's I think he can move. I think he can will his team more so than Tom Brady can, just based off of his skill set. So if he can block out all the extra stuff, I think he has a, a considerable advantage considering his weapons as well. That I think he will, I guess, somewhat pull up the upset, even though it wouldn't technically be an upset. I think that he could get the W. Okay. All right. Um, now, before we move on to the prop bets, we are. Uh... Tease joined us uh, a bit ago. What's up, Tease? How y'all got? How y'all doing? What's up, Chief? Good. So, uh, I, was trying to, I was trying to get some clear range on my phone. I got it now. I think everybody's clear now. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. Okay. Now, Tease, you are normally our basketball guy, but we give you a chance now. I guess you know. Which Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. That's it. Just Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, no torch to pass when you win as many Super Bowls as he's won. Ain't nothing to pass while he's still around. There's nothing to pass. Even if they lose, though. I mean, even if Mahomes... Nothing to pass. Nothing to pass. He's won too many Super Bowls at this point. He just threw it up there. Somebody got to go get it. All right, that's fair. That's fair. All right. You know, uh, I believe in history. I'm, I'm big on history. And, and, and you know, I was never a, a huge Patriot guy, but I do like Tom Brady. I will, so I may I may be a little biased, as BC would say. I'm a little biased with that whole concept, but yeah. But what 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 is crazy, and I don't know if y'all touched on it. Um. Um, the offensive coordinator from Kansas City, uh, the enemy. He doesn't have a job. Nope. Still, well, he's the office coordinator. He doesn't have a job. See, that that that's that's what got me upset early today because someone just filled in on the coach's spot this week, and he doesn't have a job yet. So I sit back and I say, "Wow, 
an offensive coordinator that won a Super Bowl, came off a Super Bowl and doesn't have a job Let, from last year. Then he comes back and they go into another Super Bowl and he still doesn't have a job. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with that. Someone said he does an interview well. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, coach, I could agree with that. But if you won the Super Bowl, you, you, you know what happens. People are, are saying anyone could do that with, with Mahomes. And I know that's what's going on. The talk is anyone could do that with Mahomes. And I know that's what's going on. So they're discrediting everything that man draws up, his relationship with the players, him motivating guys to really work hard and come to practice or work with rookies and work with, you know, new guys coming in. They're undermining all of that. The fact that he doesn't have a job and he led a team to a Super Bowl and now he's back again as an offensive coordinator again and he does not have a job. Something's wrong. Do you think Andy Reid overshadows him a little bit? He probably does because Andy Reid never won nothing either until that. Yeah, because Andy Andy Reid never won nothing either up until last year. So I I get it, but at the same time, we've seen a lot of other guys have opportunity. We've seen Swartz have an opportunity. We've seen. What's his name? Uh, Patricia from the Lions have an opportunity. We've seen the guy from the Giants, Coach um, Judge, have an opportunity, and this guy doesn't get nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I feel you on that. I definitely think so. If If they win this Super Bowl, he will have a job. Because but done. I agree the, with you. But that's back to the whole Shaq statement. When Shaq said, "I win one championship, okay, can he get another? I win another one. Well, can he do one again? Okay, I got that. Now, can he win without Kobe? Like it's gonna with certain guys. It's always something. That's all I'm saying. I like to bring a different kind of conversation than when I jump on. That's all I'm saying. It, it's something interesting about that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I think. Andy Reid does outshadow, and then there's obviously there's the report that he doesn't interview well, and then there's also he doesn't draw the plays up, and but he does call. See? Them. But see? see, it's always something. There's always a knock again, but that that uh, I mean that that's why I guess he doesn't have a job, which is, I, I don't agree because there are obviously certainly less qualified coaches that have jobs, right? I mean, Dan Campbell, the Lions coach, was a, a tight ends coach and what had had no play calling experience, so. I don't think it's right that he doesn't have a job, and he should definitely get an opportunity. I just think that this go-around, I mean, they was talking to got the Houston job, and they hired David Cully, who's like 65, and a wide receiver's See? coach. But even if in this situation, I wouldn't if – if he was offered the Houston job, I, I'm glad he didn't get it. It's a, it's a really bad situation. Watson wants out, and they're just not a good team with ownership and everything. So hopefully next year a job comes around that that is a really good fit for him. And unfortunately, it comes down to he may not get the, the best opportunity, and it's going to be, well, he's going to get a really bad opportunity. It's going to be, well, well, do you want the job? Do you want to be head coach or not? Well, it's mm-hmm. not fair that most coaches, mm-hmm. you know, get to wait and take the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then they get a better situation. But if him, mm-hmm. if he don't take the job, he may not get another one. So. Because we know the NFL is full of a bunch of coaches who just got fired. 
they just land with another team. But but obviously he's still winning, but hasn't landed with the team. That's that's yeah. something. And he's not the first that's going through that. He's no, not the not. first. He's not. There's been several who have who who have taken years to be given the job, well, earned the job or whatever we want to say. But yeah. Agree. All right, let's get to some prop bets, guys, from the Super Bowl. Um, because B has become our gambling expert on the show, right? He, uh, no, you gotta win to be an expert. <laughs> He's on FanDuel, barely getting those bets in now that sports betting is online sports betting is legal in Michigan, unlike now here in Georgia. But let's go through a couple real quick. All right, guys. The crazy oh. part, I will say this, and BC may disagree, but BC studies that stuff. A- am I right, Coach? I try to. Yeah, he studies it. He calls me. We talk about what's going on and why. Even if even if there's no betting going on, we still look at why are people feeling the way they feel about this team or who's injured, who's hurt. How do we find out? Who's available? How? What? What do we do as cat? Is as, as regular? Not nah, say regular because we, we're far from that. But you know, as the fan that's watching this stuff, we try to figure out why do people think the way they think. So that's a whole other conversation in itself. Yeah. No. Uh, for sure. All right, guys. Let's go over under points here. B, what you got? We going fifty five and a half. You going over under? Ooh. Uh, I like that 56 and a half, but it just switched it. I should have got my bet in earlier. But I'm going to go I'm gonna go over 55 for sure. All right, Dan, what you think? I got to go with the under. Just because I know mm-hmm. they're going to be tight. You're not mm-hmm. going to have the momentum of the – you're not going to have the momentum or the energy of a stadium full of fans, especially Tampa fans. So – I think it'll be a. I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be a little tighter. I don't think it'll be a shootout because I don't think Tom Brady will allow it to be that. Mm-hmm. All right, T's. Under. Under. Well, yeah, what we're thinking won't be what we. You know what we'd like to see. We we all would like love to see a shootout and all that stuff, but it won't be that. I think each player will be allowed two, two people or something like that. I think the coaches I know were allowed. Um, uh, two people. That that you know, like let's say you have a coach that's a husband or something. Mm-hmm. You have two. They each have two people, so your husband could invite two people, and his wife could invite two people. So maybe that's four per household, something like that. I was I was hearing was going to be the rule. So the fans, like Dunn saying, the fans won't really be there. You have family in the stands, immediate family in the stands. And a bunch of upset people on the outside. Yeah, I think uh, first responders in the Tampa area get to go as well. Uh, I'm going under in this one too. The first matchup, I think they combined 51 points. I don't think it'll be a shootout again. So I'm going to go with the under and why not go with the under? Okay. Let's see. Patrick Mahomes over under 335 and 331 and a half passing yards. B, what you got? Is it? 
Maybe not. Yeah. yeah no, I'm here. Said, I was watching okay. Lamelo ball. He just stole the ball and hit a three, trying to make the game close. What? What? Uh, <laughs> what was the? What was? What was it? I'm. 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 I'm gonna set it at thirty-one, three hundred thirty-one and a half, over under. That's oh, under, under for sure. Under. under. Okay. Done. Under. Okay. All right. Let's try this. Let's do three hundred and fifteen, which I've got for that. Under. Still going under on those? Three three fifteen. Yeah, I'm still rocking with the under. All right, done. Under as well. I think they're gonna make them try to run the ball. All right, tease. Yeah, same thing. Under. All right. Under. Are we going Tom Brady? Two seventy, two eighty and a half. You see, you want the under or over? Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna have to throw them. I'll, I'll go. I'm gonna go over and be crazy because they're gonna force him to throw this ball. They're gonna force yeah. him into having to throw the ball. Down which thing? I said hella under. Under. Okay. Close to that. All right. B. You said what is it? Two eighty. Two eighty and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say under. Under. All right. Chris, what you got? I'm going under. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under with that one. Under 280 and a half. Okay. I'm going to go under. All right, let's go here. Tyreek Hill receiving yards. Let's do uh, 96 and a half. B, what you got? Tyreek Hill. Hill. Uh Under. Under. Okay. Done. I honestly think he'll get over. Mm-hmm. He'll have one big play and then they'll get the big and dumb yards. No, Chief. Over. <laughs> yeah, I'm going over too. Um, he had he had like uh, he had over 200 in the first one, but he didn't have a great uh, Super Bowl last year. I think he rebounds this year. It's just really hard to stop that guy. All right, let's go. Um... It's not a good one. Okay. Are right, we can go Travis Kelsey over under uh touchdown and a half. See what you got. Under. I think under. they'll get one. I don't think they'll get two. Two, okay. Done. I was gonna say the opposite. I think he'll get two. T, yeah, same thing. He'll get oh, two. Yeah, I think he gets two as well. Um, they'll be. I mean, they, they got to take one of them away, right? So they're gonna probably take Hill away since he had a big game last time. So look for Kelsey to step up in this one. All right. Um, let me do a couple more. And we'll, we'll move on. Let's see. All right, Mike Evans, receiving yards sixty-five and a half over under. Be what you got. Over. Over. Done. Over. Over. Um, I think he has to, he has to get that and more for them to okay. win. T. No. Under. Yeah. I agree with you now when I'm going under. Mike Evans, I don't know. He hasn't him and Brady, they connect you know, they, their connection hasn't been great this season. He connected better with Chris Godwin when he actually catches the ball. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh rushing yards, Leonard Fournette. 
Let's do 55 and a half. Oh, for sure, over. 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 Done? Over. Under. Under. They're going to have to run the ball in this one. So I'm going to go over 55 and a half. Let's bump it up. Let's see what y'all got at 76 and a half. Still over, under. 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 That's the difference of 20 yards, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. That's pretty much it for the prop bets I got now. Um, and then, all right, give me our MVP. Who, who you, uh, B, who you got for MVP? Uh, Tyreek Hill. All right, done. Man, I think uh, Mahomes gets it. Mahomes, okay. Chief? No, Tom Brady. They go, Tom, the Buccaneers going to win the game. Uh, even if the Bucks do win, I don't think it's because of Brady. But okay, we'll give, uh, you know that's that you know where that goes. You know the political game that plays. Just saying, just saying. Uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> with uh, I'm gonna go with Kelsey in this one. I think Kelsey gets him one. I think he's gonna have a really big day. And that's it for the prop bets. All right, uh, I had to ask y'all predictions. Of you. Who you got winning this game and uh, score? Kansas City. Um, Say again. B, what score you got for that game? Oh, I got um, I Tampa Bay winning. This is a stretch. Um, yeah, like like twenty seven, twenty four, Tampa Bay. Okay, reverse score from last time. All right, B, what score mm-hmm. you got? I can't call the score, but I'm gonna take the spread by three at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right, done. I got uh KC twenty-eight, TB twenty-one. Mm. I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna go. Kansas City wins it thirty-one twenty-eight. Got a close one. Mm-hmm. Comes out to probably the last possession of two in the game. It's going to be real tight. All right, guys, any other Super Bowl thoughts, real quick? Strap it in. Let's get ready to go. It's going to be a good one. Who would have thought Tom Brady would have Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl? Nobody would have thought that. No. But sometimes, man, it's that one, one, two players that just. Makes everyone believe. It's that it's that one. It's that guy. It's the player that just totally ch- shifts the game. We got to give the credit where the credit is due. Yeah. Everybody had a bunch of other teams, and that team last year that we saw from Tampa Bay did not look good. But but having Brady made the whole thing look make sense. Mm-hmm. Agree one hundred percent. All right, guys. There'll be a new quarterback. Uh, under center for the Detroit Lions for the first time in 12 years under center Uh-oh. this upcoming season. That's right. Stop. Lions traded quarterback Matthew Stafford to the Rams for in exchange for Jared Goff, two future first-round picks, one in 2022, one in 2023, and a third-round pick this year. Uh, there, was all, there was always speculation about whether Stafford would 
leave town and a couple Saturdays ago, the report broke that the t- he approached the team and said that they wanted to move on. And so they mutual, mutually decided to part ways. And the last Saturday, the report came out around, I don't know, about eight or nine at night. Um, so late night deal. I said the Lions traded him to where he wanted to be, him and his wife, Kelly Stafford. They just bought a house in LA. So LA was the place where they wanted to be. Uh, I was not really a big fan of the trade. I'll get into that in a second. But uh, I guess, Dunn, when you first heard the news, what was your initial reaction? Uh, my first initial reaction was shock, <clears throat> just because I know how much the Fords and the Lion organization love Stafford. So I never really actually saw the day that they would actually be willing to let him go. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's saying something about how they're really trying to possibly turn the corner and, and start fresh and ultimately admit that they are actually rebuilding, you know, mm-hmm. how our Detroit teams are. They never wanted to admit when they're in a rebuild. So I think they actually now know that and admit that. And, and you know, for what it's worth, because he was so, I guess, loyal to the franchise for so many years and such a, I guess, a, the face of the franchise for so many years, they, they didn't want to go the route of Barry Sanders and, Megatron and not, you know, end things in a sour way with him as they did those guys and, and let him go ultimately where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Be, uh, being a longtime Lions fan, uh, obviously, I'm sure you're excited to see Stafford go. So like it's, uh, I guess, ARSM, do you, does it feel like it's a new day in Detroit? Does it feel like the Lions have Maybe not they have, but maybe on the right track to figure things out. Um, no, I don't think so yet. I like golf, but I think golf was the reason those guys didn't win over there, and uh, that was a considerably better team than we was gonna have over here. I I like them, but it's not like a. So I would say this. Let me ask you guys a question. But no culture matters. Do you think Tom Brady could have could come in and change Detroit's culture? No. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying about golf. He's gonna be a good player, but I don't know if he's the the what what he's what, what it takes to change the culture. So I just feel like they were swapping out uh, QBs, and we'll 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 be complaining about him shortly. Okay. If you look at golf as solely a stop gap quarterback, which is what he'll be, then that's fine. Like you, you, he's the only way he'll be the long term quarterback is if he is just plays out of his mind with yeah. with the people that he has around him, which is nothing. Because you got to think they're probably going to lose Galladay. He's probably not coming back, so they don't yeah. have a one receiver. Yeah. So I think they're trying to set themselves up to stink a little bit. And that's okay as long as you're getting the draft capital, which is what they got for getting golf. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I when I first saw the trade, I was like, why are we getting golf? But then after, you know, I, I realized it was like, well, if he's like Don just said, if he's just a guy that's here for because after we don't own the signing bonus, so the Lions aren't on the hook for that. So they are on the hook for two more years. And after that they can let him go. So like unless he plays out of his mind which probably won't happen. He's here for two years, and then they move on. And they draft a quarterback this year or next year. 
And that's what having extra draft picks does for you. You have two first-round picks. If there's a guy you really love next year, you can trade up for him using both picks that you have in 2022. And you still have two first-round picks in 2023 as well. So I think it was a good um, – I think it was a pretty decent, pretty decent trade, especially when you want to rebuild, right? You want all the draft capital you can get. And uh, if they let Galladay go, they let O'Quara go, they can get more capital. They get, like, third-round picks for that. So that's more – Picks you can use to trade and, and do do whatever you need to do. So, originally, I wasn't a fan of the trade, but the more I look at it, you know, as long as golf isn't the long-term solution at quarterback, I think it's fine. You know, I, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with him coming for two years or a year this year to let they draft a rookie at seven, let him play next year. I'm totally fine with that. So, it's, you know, Chris, that, that sounds good, but the Lions don't draft well. So golf could be the guy. He could end up being a guy for next. Traditionally, they don't draft well. You're right. They but don't draft well. Uh, they got the Rams director of college scouting, who actually they the Rams haven't had a first round pick for five years. It'll be seven after this. After all said, that'll be seven years without a first round pick, and they still fill out their roster with good players. So bringing them in, we're hoping that he can change things around. Or Willie, you know, we don't know, but that we're, the hope is that. He brings what he brought with the Rams as a director of college scouting over here and that the Lions draft will. I mean, it's a, it's a faint hope, but it's all you have with the Lions, unfortunately. So now Stafford goes out to L.A., and uh, we'll see what he does out there. A lot of people think he makes the Rams a uh, Super Bowl contender. I think they're better with Stafford instead of golf, but Stafford hasn't finished the season in the past couple of years now, so there's no guarantee he finishes this season out with the Rams. No wish, no bad luck on him. Just looking at how um, his – just looking at how things have gone from over the past few seasons. So, see how that goes. All right. So, Stafford, let's hop over to the NBA now. So, as I mentioned earlier, um, the Nets now have a big three with – Kevin Durant and Kyrie are already there. They traded for James Harden a few weeks ago. Now they have him here, and they are one of the best offensive teams in the league, and at the same time, one of the worst offensive teams in the league. And it's crazy to see that. I mean, they're giving up sometimes over 140 points tonight, and they're scoring 140, but if you give up 149, no matter how many points you score, you're going to lose, right, unless you score 150, which is really hard to do in the NBA. So, Tease, I want to ask you, can this trio, uh, can it work? Can the Nets contend for a championship? If so, how they, do they do it? They probably can. But I'll say that the Nets gave up a lot. Um, they were a team. Before Harden, they were, like, not to discredit him, but they were a team. They had uh, the Allen kids, LaVert, Torian Prince. They had some guys. And, and they had a full, like, they had a nice balanced team. Mm-hmm. They gave that up with no big man coming in to help DeAndre, who's 36 years old, if I'm right with that one. Maybe he's younger. Um, he can't play, a, you know, they they need help. For them to do that means they're relying heavily on these guys always being in sync, always clicking at the same time. Unfortunately, there's other teams out here that's going to wear you down on that. So can they compete? Yeah, the Eastern Conference is the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they'll they'll be okay to compete for a championship if that's what they're looking for. But when you put those three together, 
you got to be thinking championship. Is what I'll be thinking. If you think it just compete, well, shoot, they could have did that with the group they had already. With Karis LeVert, who's who's a defender. Prince, who's a good defender. And Allen, who we know is a good defender. So you gave all of that up. So now you really have to compete, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, they can compete. They can but compete. Win, I guess not compete, but win a championship. Can, can they win a championship? No, no, not, no, not, not, no, no. I say no because the blueprint has been shown to us <clears throat> the last couple years. So mm-hmm. in the past, the NBA, as you approach the playoffs and got into the playoffs, and then as you move deeper in the playoffs, seemingly your bench shrunk, right? That has changed. Now it's 180. Now it's the teams that have the more people that can come off the bench and meaningfully contribute to your team. Those are the teams that are getting to the conference finals and the finals. You, you cannot get to a finals, I don't think, with an eight-man roster. You just can't. You can't. You can't have these series where you're you're up against it every game. Every game matters, and then you can't pull through because you only have eight guys. I think you know. You know, I'm an avid Lakers fan, but I think that's ultimately what sunk the Miami Heat. Because um, I think they had a legitimate chance to beat the Lakers if their bench was deeper. Um, if, 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 Gorgon, if, 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 if Dragic wouldn't have been injured, if a lot of things wouldn't have happened, it could have been a much closer series. And I think we're seeing that with the league now. You need at least nine or ten guys that can come in and contribute. And so the Heat, I mean, the Nets kind of dissed themselves because they eliminated all of those guys that could do that for them. So it's going to be interesting. I think, I think um, they'll go through this season. They'll get their chemistry better. Um, will they actually get better at defense? That's to be, that's an unknown. I don't know if they really care about playing defense. But when you get to the playoffs and every possession matters and you got to get a stop, I don't know if they're going to have the the, the consistent consistency to be committed to that, and that'll ultimately be what beats them. When you have a team like Boston or a team even like Philly that can 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 lock you down when it counts, are they going to be able to match that defensive intensity? I don't I don't think they will be. Three of them will because they're three ballers, but will everybody else be? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, they. I mean, you guys mentioned they were. You know, when they had Levert, Allen. Tory and Prince, they were a team. They were, you know, they had a really good team. Where they were learning to play together still, but they still, had, I mean, they had the pieces to to compete and possibly win a championship. But I think what made them go out and get Harden was Kyrie, right? He had went AWOL for what seven games or seven days or whatever it was, and um, I think they kind of panicked and they rushed and then they went to get Harden. Harden wasn't happy there. He wanted to get out of Houston and they. They probably did something they shouldn't have done, and it messed their team up. So now Kyrie's here, but he's kind of also the, the, the reason that this even this happened in the first place. That he was just taking care of business, um, like he should have been. It would have been fine, but he, he wasn't. So, B, what you think of the chances of uh, winning a championship? Um. 
So in this situation, well, in, in every situation that I've seen, I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but even every uh, every big three or whoever, big whatever team, it, it's never been an even distribution. You know what I'm saying? One person has to, to step up as the leader of the group, you know, and usually the third guy has to defer big time. You know, I, I, I haven't seen a, a, a big three with each equally kept their production, you know. So that's what I'm waiting for here. I want to see um, who steps up and becomes the, you know, the dominant person because, you know, it's all fun now. We all go out there and score it, but we obviously know when the playoffs come, they're going to need to have, you know what I'm saying, a go-to guy. Kind of like last year, we knew LeBron was the man, but at the same time we knew AD was the go-to guy, you know, like so – I mean, each team that 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 has to emerge. You know, I think in college they always say when you, or, or the NFL they say if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. I think if all those guys gonna go out there and think they're still gonna be stars the way they are, and they try to play these teams who've been to, who've been to conference championships and have been jailing. Like I know nobody likes Toronto, but Toronto's a team. You know, you know the Bucks still have a lot of question marks, but they're established as a team. You know. Um, I know Miami was the hype of the bubble, you know, so, but they're still a team. And um, I know Boston has been going through their woes with the COVID, so they're kind of off, you know. And so even the 76ers are kind of a sort of a team, you know, like, so I just want to see the chemistry going down the stretch of who's, I know KD is the guy, but KD had trouble in OKC because if you don't, if you don't take the lead, you know, it's always going to be a fight. And I think that would be their demise, um, other than not playing defense. Because the Lakers and the Clippers are playing lockup basketball and lockdown ball. And these and these uh Easter Conference teams are trying to keep up with them. So if they're not if they're thinking they're gonna outscore people with this one fifty stuff, we know that the when the playoffs come around those those scores get cut dramat- uh dramatically. So we'll see. I mean, they got a lot of question marks. Not saying they can't uh, answer those, but some things that I need to see before I can say they're even a contender, to be honest. Yeah, that, that's fair. They do have a lot of question marks. They like T, so they got to they got to get uh, another center. They was talking about Drummond, but that would be a disaster to go get Andre Drummond to bring him to that situation. I don't think they want to do that, but they definitely need a center, another rim protector. And a wing defender, they got to find one somehow. Joe Harris is as good as he, you know, he's a good shooter, but defensively, he's not very good. So they got to go replace that. And it's going to be hard to find the deadline, but we'll see what they can come up with. Um, all right, guys, any other surprises? I know Bradley Bill has been playing is playing lights out this season, but hasn't always equal wins. But uh, any other surprises, appointments, or disappointments, or things that have stuck out to you from the season so far, T's? Yeah, some of these contracts, I saw Kuzma get an awkward contract. And um, you see, remember we talked about that? With Kyle Kuzma? Oh, yeah, he got something to prove. He got the worst deal out of everybody. That contract was terrible. And we were like, damn, he just came off the championship. He was a contributor. But a bad contract. So I look, I look at his situation with the Lakers as being something to think about. I look at what New Orleans is doing. They are, they are underachieving. 
um, which I knew would happen with Stan Van Gundy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this, 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 those were the two that got me. His contract and then um, New Orleans. And I must say, um, LaMelo Ball and, and the Hornets have really been exciting to see play because he's added some a ton of excitement to that team. So those are the three things I thought about coming into talking to you guys. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't get the stand, the stand of anything out there in New Orleans. I really didn't. But um, as they see, I mean, it's early, but I think we see that probably won't work out too well. Lamella Ball was rookie of the month last year. Last month, I believe, month of January. So that was, that was good for him. And they're currently the eighth seat right now in the East. So he, like I said, he has some excitement. Um, speaking of other rookies, Anthony Edwards has played well too. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's had some really mm-hmm. good classes. This is a good ball. So he like turned it around because he had that bad decision in that game when he went for a layup. Yeah. And they and they needed a three and he passed the ball out and it got stolen and he's come a long way from that point. Yeah, he has, he has. Don, you know, anything yeah. stick out to you so far? Um, well, I, I mentioned this to Tease a, a couple of days ago. Uh the Utah Jazz. Um I you know, I knew they had a decent team. They've been together, you know. The Jazz really you pretty much know what you're gonna get when you have the Jazz, but it seems like they're on a on a different level season. And do I believe they can sustain it? I still have my doubts about that, but I still think though that they're playing they're, they're I think they're playing above themselves right now and they're playing with a confidence um that you just wouldn't have expected from the Utah Jazz. I think they've benefited from their schedule to a certain degree. I think they benefited from teams thinking that they were still the same old Utah Jazz, where they really probably didn't have to bring it every night. Um, but, yeah, for them to be leading the league and wins and had the win streak that they had, yeah, that kind of surprised me. Um, and then I also agree, I don't think – I didn't I, I didn't think that they come out the way they did either. Um, you know, I, I thought that uh, Bill would have a renewed focus – he was now going to be the face of the franchise and he's kind of admitted that he doesn't want to leave. And then I thought that Russ, you know, he had something to prove. But, you know, they, they've had their share of issues with COVID. So it, it's good that the season still kind of young for them because I think they'll definitely get better. I mean, they can't get worse. But those are probably the, the teams that kind of surprised me the most is how they performed. And I, I would also say Teasers Nick surprised me too. Just how they've uh, been. It's just they're, they're being a little bit more disciplined on the tips. I and mean, I guess we kind of thought that that would happen, but just the fact that they they come and they play hard, they kind of they kind of they kind of live his his model of playing hard every night, and so that's good to see for them. Mm-hmm. Right, B, what you what you got? What was the question again? I'm sorry. Just anything that stuck out to you so far from the season, good or bad, um, just takeaways. Oh, for sure, the Knicks. The Knicks, for sure. I mean, I'm betting on the Knicks every night. I'm telling you, I don't bet against – I haven't bet against the Knicks in the past three weeks. I, they, they cover every bet. I mean, they, they're doing they doing tremendous. And I never thought I would be in agreement with T's on some Knicks stuff, but I guess I am. But uh, what else? 
that's sticking out to me. Hmm. Well, Van, Van, Van Fleet out there killing. Like, I, I mean, he's still defying all the odds, and I think that's that's a good one. And the Pistons, too. I know I know uh Tease doesn't believe in them, but uh they show signs every now and then that to show that they still trying to they're going in the right direction at least. So uh those are pretty much the, the biggest things to me right now. The Pistons, yeah, they are I mean they're bad, right? I think we all want them to be bad. It's part of the rebuild. But Jeremy Grant has been a really good surprise so far, averaging over twenty points a game. He could be voted an all-star, which they have an all-star game, which is ridiculous to me, but that's a whole other story. Um, but besides that, you know, I I don't expect much from them. So as long as the young guys are getting minutes, which that's been a problem too, because Casey's been playing Blake Griffin and Wayne Ellington and Derrick Rose a lot. So the young guys aren't always getting the minutes that everybody wants them to get. So it's it's been a weird, weird situation um, there in the pistol. But please, you, you didn't bring up the Knicks. Why not? I'm not trying to jinx nothing. That's why I ain't saying a word. I'm gonna sit there and be quiet. I'm they too. I'm too, right I'm, right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm too stunned that we, you know, Thibodeau has meant a whole lot and just trying to. Oh, know, they was a big too. They let him come they, back. They were big and let him come back. So yes. I just, I just let it go. Um, I let it go because not every athlete can play can play in New York in New York City and play in the Garden, whether there's fans or no fans. A lot of suckers. Say they'll do it, but they would never really want to do it. So it's, it's it's trying to convince people to come to the city and play. So I'm I'm gonna leave that alone on that note. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching the game now. Shout out to Dunn for that plug on the streaming. That's uh, really good. Working out nice. Uh, Let's take a pause real quick. Who would have thought that Houston would be losing by these points? I, and Christian Woods hasn't even played. I, I had a double double on him to win the game. But when he six. but he's averaging twenty two and eleven. He's not playing tonight. Yeah, eight and six tonight. Twenty two minutes. Yeah, eight and six. That's not. Good. He like hasn't played the whole fourth quarter. You taking the night I off? I don't. Y'all. I don't. I don't know what Houston's doing because some nights they they won six straight, but Christian Woods looked good. He was he was averaging twenty two and eleven. Over man, the last I think six somebody called in the car late, man. <laughs> That, ladies and gentlemen, is the uh, the life of yeah. a gambler, right? All right, <laughs> come out and put the wings right in this thing, man. I should have put the wings lost five to one. I should have took this double double and put the wings in for a lot to lose. I told you, you never better the wings. They always come through for you. One thing, thing you know the mean. wings will do. The wings are gonna lose the game. They don't work too much. They come through yep. for you. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, guys. We keep moving. No, I'm good. Uh, Hey, fellas, I got to cut out. Okay. I think about that out anyway. Pretty much done. Y'all stay up. All right, Okay. All right, Dan's dropping off. All right, uh, I guess this last thing, and we got out of here. The college basketball season has been uh, real. It's been crazy, to say the least. You know, Michigan was rolling. Yeah, they haven't lost one game all season, and they their season's been stopped, right? They haven't played since January. They probably won't play again, they said, until February 18th. You have tons of games canceled. Uh, they're supposed to play a tournament all in Indy, man, but I really don't know how. Um, Duke has been bad this year. They're normally up top. You know, all the Blue Buds have Michigan State down again this year. 
So I'm, do you think they can even salvage the season at this point? It seems like every night there's a game canceled, you know, more games or more teams having to sit out. So can they save the season and pull off a successful tournament? I don't think so. I mean, the way the tournament is set up, I feel like they shouldn't even think about doing that thing. Mm-mm. You know, like uh, while the I NBA agree. is uncontrolled, you cannot have these brackets in these schools and have the kids flying from halfway across the country all into these places and out of these places into different places next week. And, well, you know, that's, that's a recipe for absolute disaster. So the tournament is actually just going to be one. It's going to be all in the indie. And it's gonna oh, be okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. So they changed the format this year because of COVID. Um, so it'll be all in India. It'll be all in one spot. So they'll be playing all. They'll be playing all around the city at all the venues. So. Uh, so they're bringing sixty-four teams into that one city. Yeah, that's how it looks. Yeah. Well, well, that might be even worse. Stay out of steer clear there for a few months. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with this decision of the league to. I mean, honestly, I don't even know which city approved. Does the city government allows this? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a go. And they keep making like weird adjustments. There was adjustments that there was like, you know, teams that have to stay. Like you play in a conference tournament and you win, you have to stay in the city that you played in until you can fly into uh, Indy to get ready to go. Like it's just, it's just really, really weird rules and regulations that they have. This, they don't care about these kids going to school at all, huh? Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Go to the hotel room. And hopefully your Wi-Fi works in the hotel room and do your work, huh? That's it. Or don't uh, do it. And uh, no, uh, it's not getting paid. So I mean, they're going up there playing in COVID, not getting paid. Oh, not it's just it's, and now they're going to have to be sequestered in the hotel room in Indianapolis for three weeks. You now, if you make it to the Final Four, you're going to be there three plus weeks. And even basketball, it's been hard to watch. I don't know about y'all, but for me, it's been hard to watch. It's, no fans. Um, Hard you know, to keep up with college basketball is a, yeah, it's a lot that goes on with that. Yeah, mm. it just affects affects the game. So it's, it's not been the same this year. So I don't even know how to even pull as a tournament. Tease, what do you think? And North Carolina's down this year. Um, has that kind of affected your interest in college basketball? Yeah, there doesn't need to be nothing. This is in the whole thing. No, I'm joking. I don't know what would happen now at this point. That's moving kids around to different places to do stuff. You're going to have kids not playing because of COVID and all that. I don't know what they would do. I don't even know. I'm at a loss of words for the whole thing, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird year. College football somehow made it through, but I don't. Ex- I mean, basketball is going to push, but I really don't know um, how it's going to work. I'm honestly, like, I mean, I know this is a different topic and you down in Georgia, and I'm sure, are y'all playing sports down there, Chris? Uh, yeah, I went to high school basketball game last week. Yeah, high school sports are playing. Yeah, I mean, were they trying to push it up here? I guess we're one of the only places that still shut down, and they're pushing for it hard, and I don't know exactly how I feel. You know, I mean, me and T's have our conversations about it. I, I don't I don't necessarily, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I know the kids want to play. Even yeah. college and high school, I don't know what good conscience. I don't know if I can make that decision for them to to play. But we know that was we know that um, 
the economy or, you know what I'm saying, finances is driving this decision 100%. So, um, well, how, you how do you feel saying? about it, being a coach? Uh, how do you feel about the situation? I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't feel like we should play, to be honest. I know all the things that we're sacrificing, but the, it just takes one death to put everything into perspective, you know? Like, it doesn't take 10, it doesn't take 20. You know, if we go out here and play some game and somebody's parent gets it and they die, that's one person. And that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just, can't take it back. So, it's not like, it's not like we're here and it's not like we uh, we don't have examples. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we don't have, you know, 400 plus thousand people that have passed away. You know, it's not like we don't have how many millions of people who've got it. And we, you know what I'm saying? How many people, who billions of people who've got gravely ill that we didn't know if they were going to live or not. You know, like, so it's not like these things are not present in our faces with it, you know what I'm saying, with clear examples, you know, it's not, it's, I mean, at this point, it's, it's very clear, you know, and some people think that they'll get it and they'll get better and they probably will, but some people won't. And I'm just saying that that one person that doesn't, will it be worth it to everybody? That's all I'm, that's, that's, that's my thing. I agree. I'm I'm here, my man. Um, yeah, I I mean I get both sides of it, right? You know, it, it only takes one, right? Yeah, but I get both sides of people want to play and say you can play safety, but at the same time, we are in the middle of a pandemic, guys. Like, you don't want to get it, regardless if you'll be okay or not. You don't want this is not something you want to get, and the, the odds obviously increase with you going with it going up. So I think people kind of need to take that in the perspective that. You are taking a big risk going out there to play. Now, T, you, you're an administrator. Uh, you, you've been a coach as well. What do you, What are your thoughts on this? Should uh... no, they shouldn't be playing. Nope. nope. I agree with Brandon. Nope. What do you say? Uh, I guess what do you say to the to the players in this situation? That obviously they want to go out there and play, but go home and sit down because you have your AAU season, whatever you're gonna do with AAU or whatever outside of school. <laughs> That's all they're going to do anyway. Ain't, no coaches are taking kids off for how they played in high school. Those days are over. Everybody's taking kids off for what's going on at AAU. The big, the big, the big, you know, the big deals are done doing that. Um, you talking from a sense of schools. No, like, sit down. All right. Do you, you agree with that? That kind of what you're saying? I mean, I'm sure you talk to the players about at a certain point you gotta help you gotta help people out you know because if if they're young guys and if you don't if you're not there to to mold them and help them then what are you there for yeah i mean i could i mean i could let them do whatever they want to do nine times out of ten they're gonna be doing crazy things you know but at the same time you gotta 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 keep the reality of the situation in in the place because they're not gonna really feel the gravity of the situation until it happens. And I think that's what, you know what I'm saying, mentors and coaches and older people who have life experience can kind of jump in front of that and kind of like talk to them and kind of prevent certain things from happening if they can. Because it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be good for a person person's family member to pass. It's not gonna be good. Mm-hmm. 
And 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 I'm not saying nobody's family member will pass, but if they open this place up and play, someone will have it. Who we don't know, but someone will. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're gonna hope that everything goes well and hope that you know we're gonna hope that every nobody gets it because we're gonna take good precautions. That's not the science. That's not the statistics. That's not the reality we live in. Somebody will get it. Will they get better? We hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, like I said, I see both sides, but I mean, at this, I, I would just say, I would just lean towards, uh, I know at this point, you know, I mean, it's February, right? The season normally ends in March anyway, so now you have to force them to, to, to fit a schedule in and they haven't really been practicing. And condition is a lot goes into a season to get prepared, and you know, and, and most teams they they practice in the off season too. But you still got to put your plays in and get in shape, and get in game mode. And you know, when they extend the season to April, but then that goes into the spring sports season. If you have a spring sports season, so at this point, I think it's just better off for everybody to just let yeah. it go. I mean, I feel bad for the seniors who who have been looking to looking for this their whole you know they played three years. You want to have your last go around, but and then you won't get it. So I feel bad for him for that, but kind of just got to realize the situation that we're in and just not, not really safe for everyone to play. Because yeah. then you got to think about it too. You're playing right, but then you got to go home. You got to live with someone's grandma, right? Someone who's a parent who could be a high risk of getting this. So it don't just affect the players; it affects everyone, and like not just the players out there playing, but it affects everyone involved. The students who they go back to school with the next day if they're back in school. Mm-hmm. And taking it to their families. I guess it's a trickle down effect from this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on, on the uh, Citadel. I know a few coaches have been uh, really big and adamant, and there have been college, coach, college coaches, um, you know, showing their support. But I don't know how a college coach can lend their support when look at their season. Like, <laughs> they barely played. And mm-hmm. they. It's so up and down. Like I don't even know why you even. You know, I mean, I, I guess and they I, have the resources to get tested every Monday or every two days or every three days. High schools don't get tested, right? So you just out there. If somebody comes up with symptoms, then the whole team got to quarantine. So now, mm-hmm. one person gets it, the whole team quarantines. Now they're supposed to play a game, two games this week. Now you're at, at this point. It's just not. It's just not a yeah. situation. It's not yeah, good. Because the whole season gonna be a month. So if you're down for two weeks, that's half the season. What's the point? There is no point, you know. So that I know, you know, the governor and the and the, the government gets a lot of flack for this, but I think they probably made the right decision in this situation. Hopefully, you know, rates go down and infection rates go down and people can start to get the vaccine and get ready for next year. But right now we're just it's kind of just you know, watch. All right, as always, thanks for listening to this week's show. Everyone, make sure you subscribe wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud at Average Sports Guy. All lowercase letters, no spaces in between, Average Sports Guy. So for B, Dunn, T's, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening.